Hello and welcome back to the Supernova Gaming Podcast. My name's Luke and as per usual I'm with my co-host Pietro. Hello. Right, so we've been away for about a week, longer than usual, uh, just scheduling conflicts. We're going to try and get a bit better with this. Get back on news. <laughs> There's no it. point in promising it. There's not, is there? We'll record when we can. Yeah, when we can do it, we'll get one up. We like to we like to stick to a two-week schedule, but if we can't do it, we can't. Um... So this week, we're not really going to discuss much news, we're actually going to talk about, our, we, well we looked at doing our top 7 games, because that was a Twitter hashtag about a month ago, neither of us could really nail down 7 favourite games all the time, we didn't want to be restricted to numbering them, so we're just really going to talk about our favourite gaming experiences, so I think that's the easiest way to do it really, isn't it? Yeah. But before I do that, I just want to mention, early this week, um, Nick Scorpino from Kind of Funny was actually in the UK and he announced a meet and greet. Um, very last minute, and we decided that we were just going to do it because we, we we knew we'd regret it. Yeah. So we uh, hopped on a train to London and went down and met him, and I think that was probably one of my favourite experiences of the year. To be totally honest oh, with yeah. you, it's like an unforgettable, unforgettable experience, isn't it? Yeah. Just meeting someone that you sort of watch and admire. Yeah, well, I mean, I we've, I think we both watched him since the launch, haven't we? Because I didn't yeah. re- I didn't really know him before. Kind of funny. No, I didn't. Because he worked at IGN, but I think he was a producer there, so you never actually saw him. Mm. I know like Tim got some FaceTime, but again, I didn't really watch much IGN before these. No. So, yeah, we sort of, we just went and met him. He just said he was going to be in a pub in London. We turned up to the pub before he was there, and it was the smallest pub, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't very big. Like it just like it was just like a bar in the middle of the pub and just Jeez. some seats around it. I mean, yeah. That was it, really. Like I couldn't I couldn't see it fitting more than like a hundred people in total. To be totally honest, oh, if no. that. And um. We hung around, and as soon as we walked in, there was a community of probably maybe 15, 20 people that sort of saw us wearing kind of funny tops and were like, yeah, yeah, come over, come over, introduce yourselves, which was kind of quite nice. It was yeah. quite nice to experience that kind of funny family that Greg always talks about, that as soon as they see each other, you've always got something in common, they're very nice to each other. Yeah. And everybody was lovely, weren't they, mm. really? Everybody there was amazing. But... Yeah, we waited for him to turn up, and I think we went to get some drinks, and you spotted him, didn't you? He was yeah. just like the other side of the I bar. I popped him the other side of the bar, and I was like, nah. You're like, nah, it's not, it doesn't feel real to physically. And I went like, oh, like a shock face, and he did it back to me. Yeah. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is incredible. So we, started, we like pointed at him, and he was like waving at us. So we walked over and said hello. I think, I don't want to like make it sound like we were, but like, I kind of feel like we were the first people in the pub to like greet him, because I know Tom Hawkins was with him, because he went to dinner before. Mm. But I don't, I think... We met him pretty much soon as he was in the bar, didn't, yeah. didn't we? So I don't think, like... Because the other guys were at the back of the bar. So I think we were probably the first couple of people to actually meet him in yeah. the pub. And his wife. And she was yeah, his, his wife, Danielle, was there. Who we couldn't actually remember her name for the longest period of time. <laughs> but, <laughs> we were talking for ages and we are like, when should, like, clock, like, go away? We'd ask someone else, what's her name again? And I'm like, I can't remember. No, nobody, nobody could remember her name until some guy came past us and was like, oh, yeah, it's Danielle. And we're like, oh, great, cheers to that. So... I was talking to her for a while, though, weren't we? Yeah, so... Sort of the structure of the evening was meant to be just sort of like a bit of a meet and greet. Um, Tim himself was like swamped most of the night. Nick. Yeah. So we we were kind of, we kind of said hello to him. Then he went over and started talking to everybody else, and he started taking photos. Problem is, like there was two like booth areas, and he was on one side, and he said he was going to make it to the other side, but because he got so swamped, he never really got out, did he? No. So we kind of listened to him for a bit, but because he's so swamped, you just kind of like looking at the back of his head, and you're like. Yeah, so Is we went it, to order some drinks, didn't we? Yeah, went while to was busy. Yeah, and when we were ordering drinks, his wife was there, so we were like, we just started talking to his wife, just us two of his wife. Yeah. And like, as much as it's very nice to kind of sit next to Nick and just listen to him for hours, it's like, 
We actually had a really good experience just by getting, talking to his wife. Yeah, she was lovely. Because we found out a lot about him and why they're travelling. And we actually, like, I felt kind of bad. Like, well, I was asking her a lot of questions about the other kind of funny guys. Yeah. And she, but she is, was well up for it, weren't she? Yeah, she was more than happy to like yeah. discuss everybody and what they were doing and like who they are, how they are. And, and also just like getting stories directly from her like, about Nick and about the guys. Yeah. It was really, really cool to get that like other's perspective on them mm. and just like what it's just such a surreal evening like wasn't it like it really was getting photos with him and like just him being there it's just like it always doesn't feel right i've i've been watching some of his like the game of gregory show this week and i'm like damn like we were, we were with him earlier this week he mentioned that on the trip he did in a previous episode he didn't in that one i think that's the one like a week in like the last one he recorded before he went oh, away wait, it's not that it's so not that okay. so he's not back yet so i think because he's in morocco at the moment oh, of course yeah but yeah, just a, just a really cool evening. Um, he did confirm they're doing a UK merch store, which is really good because shipping t-shirts from America is a bomb from them. Yeah. And he did confirm that they sh- should be back next year to do a kind of funny live here, which is amazing because it'd be amazing to meet the rest of them because it's just so surreal actually seeing them in real life. Bizarre, man, isn't it? Really, really is. Especially in like, somewhere like London because like, when we left, we just saw them walking down the street, and it's just yeah. like they weren't with anybody. It was just Nick just the and two his... of them. We watched them just like kind of walk down the street together, off into the sunset. Yeah, you're like, it's just, <laughs> it's just so weird. It's quite sad. Like, no, don't go. <laughs> yeah, because he was only there for about an hour and a half, two hours. Like, it wasn't like a long period of time. But I guess like at a regular meet and greet, you wouldn't get more than that anyway, would you? Like, no, oh, no. But yeah, like fantastic evening, really. Like, yeah, really, experience. really, really worth it. Like, it was shattering in the end. It was like very last minute. Just get a train we had train problems and but just so absolutely so worth it but anyway so i think we should talk about our favorite games now yes um i'm gonna chuck you in to go oh, first bloody hell all right <laughs> so just give like because like well, said, i think one to start with as it's on the list there and it's you know recently been remastered and we're both kind of well you've, you've finished it already yeah i'm, I'm mid playthrough it's got to be bioshock yeah I, no absolutely um I remember getting this and just sort of seeing the trailers and everything, just like how cool the world looked. Mm. And it's like, like, I know everybody goes on about how good the audio diaries are. And to be honest, the audio diaries are very good, don't yeah. get me wrong, but that's never really what made the game good to me. I uh. never, I've never really been one for audio diaries in games. Like, that's never, never really been my thing. I don't know about you. I don't know if you listen to them. Like, I mean, I've, I listen to them. The problem with my memory, though, like... It's not a, that's not a good way to tell a story to me having like audio diaries randomly. Yeah, it's like it's not like a, a, a story. It's not, a, it's not cohesive or anything. Is no, it? just... so for me, like the audio diaries is like I don't really care about that. I've read up about the story just because that's the way I need to take it in. Yeah, yeah, it's fair enough. But but it's such a phenomenal environment and atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, like the, the look, like I say, like the look and feel of the game is just it's like nothing else really, is it? Like. Yeah, like deco design, the whole nineteen thirties, forties sort of feel. Yeah, I don't think I don't think many other games have really done it, have they? I Did, don't think so. There's that game that's coming out, isn't there? That I can't remember the fucking name of it anymore. Hmm. You know the one I'm talking about, the one that Microsoft had at E three, like the like the Birmingham, oh, the London E one. Right. I can't remember what that's called either. No, I can't. I, me- I remember it got some pretty bad press after it went out on its early demo. I mean, it looked like it had a Bioshock vibe. Yeah, I don't think. So it's like procedurally generated objectives and like weird stuff, but it's also mixing in a story. Yeah. That looked like it had some potential, but Bioshock, it really did. Is it We Happy Few? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, We Happy Few. But Bioshock's just sort of nailed it. I mean, it's like nine, ten years old at this point. And it still holds up, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the controls are a bit janky, like pressing triangle to jump and. See, like, 
Yeah, it's a bit janky, but I think you just you get back into yeah, it after an hour, maybe. A- absolutely. There's, there's, no, there's no real problem with it. It's just like, you're not really... I'm, I just like... There's, a, there's like a standard for shooters nowadays. Yeah. And that that's like... It complete, it's completely yeah. out of it. And I think a lot of games did that back then, where they were doing weird stuff with controls, oh, just yeah. kind of doing whatever they want. Like, like games where you have to click the right stick to, to look down your sights. It's like, no. no yeah, no, it's it like needs no, to be the left trigger. It's like No Man's Sky when you run with the right trigger, oh, with yeah, the right analog like, stick. Like, why? What, what what's what's the point? Was. Everybody knows it's click down on left. But it's just a masterclass of gameplay. I mean, the shooting's not the best, I felt. like Because mm. like, aiming down sights, like like you say, you've got to click to aim down sights usually. So I mean, no, I don't even look down the sights in much. Oh, right? no. And I, I think like trying to hit something like blind fire, like hip firing, is generally pretty difficult. It's normally just like spray and hope you hit something, <laughs> generally. Like big daddies aren't too bad because they're bigger targets. But when there's like Houdini splices and you... Yeah. Like that's it's a bit like that. But I mean, the, the plasmids, fantastic. What a genius in that is like yeah. if you want play the game without the guns yeah you could do like just use plasmids and I, I didn't plasmids and melee and that's a very popular like way of playing the, the game one two punch you know yeah like <laughs> shock, shock and crack and fucking splice around the edge of a wrench and you, you're pretty much set there but I, I really enjoyed playing it again I did get a bit fatigued towards the end for some reason I don't know why like I think it's because like you kind of get to the sport like spoiled a bit with Andrew Ryan and then Atlas sort of kicks in a bit more, and I think that's where the game weakens slightly. Mm. And because like, like the end boss battle is pretty bad, considering how good the game is. But I when I went back, so when I, I think about it, I don't even remember the ending. Like, I do. I remember some. I think it's Atlas and he's all yeah, he's all up in that. But yeah, but that's not. It's not, the, it's yeah, not the game, is it? It's that's like, not what sticks with you. It's, it is the it is the rest, the exploration. Yeah, and like all the other characters, like Atlas, is really good over the radio. But then, like all the other characters, like Andrew Ryan, um, who's the bloke who casts people in? Like, I don't know. It's like not paper mache, but like oh, Clay. Cohen. Like Cohen is he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just some really stand out points in that game that still hold up to this day, and yeah. other games just don't even come close to. Yeah. So I think that I. Potentially one of the best FPSs of all time, maybe, yeah. probably. I think so. But yeah, definitely, it's definitely one of the favourites. Um, I don't know what I want to talk about next. I want to talk. About, probably, let's talk Metal Gear. I know, like you, you have not really ever been completely sold on Metal Gear, have you? <laughs> no. Like, have you ever really played any of them? I think I played four, didn't I? I'm yeah, you finished four, didn't you? I did. My, I did the bosses. You had to do the final boss. Yeah, you did all the bosses. I think in the end. I don't think I did all of them. Maybe like I did the first one, but. I've done, I did. I did a couple of the bosses and the final boss, but as a, yeah. as a general game, you did finish that game, didn't you? Yes, we did get to the end eventually. I mean, it's again my memory so bad, so I can't remember much about the story or anything like that. But I do uh, there are some scenes and sequences I do um, I do remember. Yeah, it's, it was like great. Metal Gear Four is like by far it's, it's fantastic. I mean, it sums up the rest of the game really nicely. But I think like I, it's really hard for me to narrow down what's the best because each one is like. They're similar but so different. Like, I think I played three as well in the jungle. Yeah, Snake Eater. Yes, too. Yeah, I start that. I'd debate calling Snake Eater my favorite, and that's really odd to say considering like Metal Gear's main protagonist is Solid Snake, and in three you're not playing as him, and in five you're not playing as him. You're actually playing in one, two, and five. Uh, that's what throws me with the game. Like, what you were clone or some weird shit. Oh yeah, because like in the origin story, is like Big Boss is the best soldier. Solid Snake is a clone of said soldier, right. so. There's that. I mean, there's there's Jesus Christ. There's a law coming out of the orifices with that game. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Like there's so much, but that's the base plot of it. But it's one of my favourite games ever. Like 
Which one? Well, I, I struggle to nail it down. I mean, five nails the gameplay. Like five is the best gameplay that Metal Gear has ever done. Yeah. Okay. Like it's it's just it's just perfect. Like having your mother base to upgrade and then researching weapons and all that. It's just, like there's so much to it. But like in terms of five story, the five story isn't complete. It's not a traditional story. Like Metal Gear to me was always like it wasn't. None of them were ever really open world. Like you could, you could go back to locations within that world, but I wouldn't say it was an open world. Yeah. Whereas five, you've got two open worlds. I can't remember if it's two or three. I think two. So Africa and Afghanistan, where they're like open world, you can just go in and do what you want. And then like you just pick a mission and you just go do that mission. So there's like there's a story there, but it's not like a linear narrative where most of the other ones have pretty much been a linear point A to point A to point B and get your cutscene. Well, there's cutscenes in this, and then but there's no like the ending's not complete to me because one of the missions was cut. So I think in terms of the strongest story, it's three, but in gameplay it's five. So it's really hard for me to nail a favorite down really. Okay. But. No, I'd, I'd definitely say I, we can't talk about Metal Gear as much as we did Bioshock, considering you've never really played it. But yeah. it's easily one of my favorite ever games, and it's a real shame to see Konami butcher the franchise of Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> like it just looks like trash. I mean, that should just be free DLC or like a ten pound. No, I think it, I think it's like a thirty pound game. Yeah, still around. But it's just it just looks like why why even call it Metal Gear? Like, yeah. Because it's literally the same. They've just reskinned, didn't they? You're just you're just selling a zombie shooter with a Metal Gear name and engine. I understand you want to use that engine because you've invested a lot of money into it, but don't call it Metal Gear because it's not a Metal Gear game. <laughs> it's just not. Um, so I'm gonna chuck it, chuck it back to you to pick again, though. Oh, okay. Hmm. I'm looking at the little list that we started. Might as well go to the next one there, uh, which is Grand Theft Auto. Vice City. It's a good pick. Good there's pick. many many good GTA games aren't there. Yeah, there's a lot. For me though, Vice City is the the first one that sold me on the series. Well, I, I did like number three. I remember playing that with my friend Daniel like, yeah. at his house. <laughs> I mean, they're all great. The, the three PS2 ones are my my favorite. But Vice City was just something special. Just the whole eighties setting. It's like Miami, wasn't it? Um, yeah. America. The whole soundtrack, all the cars, the missions, the free roaming aspect. It's just something that was new to me. I remember getting it, must have been like year three or year four at school. I bet it was a pirate copy, weren't it? Of course it was a pirate <laughs> copy. And like, I don't know why, I got it in the morning, and then the whole day at school, I'm like, yes, I just want to get home and play Vice City. Yeah. And for like oh, the first year of, <clears throat> you know, that game's lifetime, I didn't even start a mission, I was just fucking cruising around. I, I watched that opening cutscene so many times. Yeah, see, I can't remember the opening cutscene of Vice City. I can remember it of three. It's like it's... a drug raid gone wrong, weren't it? They jump in the car and they just shoot. Yeah, I, I, can't really see, I can't really see that. I mean, I remember three starts on the bridge, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, the bridge explodes. But I can't remember Vice City at all. Yeah, it's like a drug raid, and then like they're doing the drug deal, and then the fucking people come out of boxes and start shooting, and they get in the car drive. Yeah, see, like, I mean, I've got the equal love for GTA. Like, they're fantastic. I mean, I know I don't think I ever really played one properly until like maybe four, and I never actually even finished four. The only, the I think only, I finished four actually. The only story I've actually finished is five, which is probably really really bad of me. But like, GTA games are always just like a game to fuck around on. It was never like a story game. Like, I don't know if my like. I spent a lot of time watching games when I was younger when we were watching my brother play them because he was the one that always owns the console so I was like four or five years younger. Mm. So I don't know even know if he's ever finished any of the early ones. I know he's not even finished five so mm. I, I don't really have the same feeling towards it but like I think, it, I think in terms of the setting it's like I think if they did five in that 80s setting it would just 
That'd be good. <laughs> be yeah. just insanely good. Cause... I love a Vice City, like, two or something. Yeah. That would be so sweet. Or just, like, an expansion to five where you went to, like, Vice City. Yeah. Would be amazing, sweet, like... Even present day. I don't think it would be quite as a... It wouldn't, wouldn't quite have the appeal, but it would have something similar there, wouldn't it? So, is there anything more you want to say about Vice City, really? I just want to say a little, little story, like, um, my cousin's from America. This is years ago when I was a kid, and it's you know, still, still a good game. And, like, we just uh, stayed up all night, and I think that's, like, the first time I'd ever stayed up all night playing a game. Yeah. It's just such a great experience. Is that when you went over in school, wasn't it? I... No. Well, he came to England oh, to, to play. Oh, okay, okay. He came all the way just to play that. <laughs> just, just for that? <laughs> went, went back? No, it's such a good experience, though. So many happy memories. Yeah. Proper nostalgic hit. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I think next one for me that I'd have to bring up is Final Fantasy. Um, seven in particular. Okay. I mean, all like again, this isn't something you really like. You've kind of dabbled in them, haven't you? Yeah, I never finished seven, but from what I played, it was great. Yeah, like seven. Just... I think I went into it too late. That was the problem. So it was like felt dated going into it. Yeah. Because if you played it when you was a kid, then. You know, you overlook all of that shit. Yeah, I mean, I, again, this isn't a game that I played when it was out. Again, it was one of these games I watched my brother play, so yeah. I got the experience of the story without really playing it. I did play it again on PSP when PSP was like a thing. I 100%ed it. I beat all the weapons. I got all the characters to 100. I got all the ultimate weapons. Uh, so it's by far my favourite. I mean, I've got tattoos of it, so of course it's going to be up there. But seven, so there's something about Seven, there's something about Cloud and that character... It's just so iconic, and I know it's really stereotypical to go, seven is my favourite. When a lot of people argue six is better, or some people's favourite is like eight, mm. or like even nine, because nine's like a, a, a quite old setting compared to like eight and seven. Seven and eight are kind of semi futuristic, but, yeah. but not. I mean, there's, so there's something that attracts me about that turn based, is it, yeah, turn based mm. gameplay, isn't it? Like, like battle mechanics. Yeah, like the battle mechanics and that just feel great. Like all the summons are so memorable. Like just so many memorable scenes, like the air of scene. Like even even if you never played Fantasy Seven, you probably know the air of scene. <laughs> I mean, to me, Sephiroth's still like he's he's a pretty bland villain in terms of like he just wants to take over the world, whatever. There's no there's no real defining characteristic about him, but like just that like thirteen foot long katana he has <laughs> and like the long hair, just something stands out. Like like yeah. the shot of him turning around in the fire and Nibelheim. You like, just know he's evil, don't you? Yeah, there's just so much good stuff about that story, and then like the extended universe is a bit dodgy. I mean, the Crisis Core was amazing. Again, that was a PSP that's game. It. I finished that one. You have finished Crisis Core. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's an odd one because it's like Final Fantasy. It's by name, but by gameplay, it's completely different. Yeah, it's like a just a mini game. Right? It's like an action game, but the thing yeah. is, like the actual story to that is amazing because that tells the story of how Cloud came to be who he is in yeah, Seven. I actually really like that. Story. And I remember like the ending of that game is is, is absolutely tragic. Watching like Zach, how Zach dies. Spoiler. Oh yeah, yeah, but whatever. Like yeah. that's that's old now. Like, do you do you remember that scene at all? Yeah, yeah. He just gets like, shot in it. He just gets stops. he just gets absolutely like trashed by like the soldier. Yeah, and he's like sat there. He's just like Cloud, just above and bleeding out. And like, the reason why Cloud is who he is is because they were stored in like Mako chambers, which is part of Seven's story. And like Cloud adopted some of Zack's memories, and that's why he thinks certain things. Oh, there's a lot of again the like the law there is very strange but it's just fantastic and everybody sees that like the Buster Sword is like Cloud's iconic weapon yeah but that that's actually Zach's yeah so there's there's lots of crossover and it, actually in seven there is references to like Cloud's memory and who who it isn't because originally he he wanted to be someone like Sephiroth but then obviously Sephiroth turned evil so like whatever but yeah by far 
one of the best games I've ever played. I, I, I've got a save going at the moment, but there's so much other stuff to play. Finding time for it's really bloody difficult. Mm. But the remake's coming out at some point. Fuck knows what that's going to be like. But I have been listening to um, Nobu... I can't, I can't pronounce his surname. Jesus Christ, not the even composer. Yeah, the composer. I've just been listening to some of his music. He, he's got two albums out, and he does tours of this stuff called Distant Worlds. And like, he's just taken those classic themes and done them with a new orchestra, and they're, they're fucking phenomenal. They're so, so good. Yeah. Like, just, just as pieces of music to listen to. Like, even like music from like 8 and 10, and there's some really, really nice pieces of music there. But, yeah. Yeah, fantastic score, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's just so memorable. Like, that, that classic Final Fantasy theme is just... Yeah. So, so good. Anyway, back to you for a pick. I will do a shocking game. Like I don't I don't think it's shocking. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say. I don't think it's shocking. I think it's fair enough in That's terms fair. of like memories and stuff. Yeah, so for me, Call of Duty, World at War, phenomenal game. It is really. I like, loved it. It's um I mean it was just off the back of COD four, which everyone's you know, most people's favourite Call of Duty there with Modern Warfare two. Yeah. But for me, Call of Duty World at War, you know, it's got the World War Two setting. The campaign was, you know, it was alright. Yeah. But the multiplayer is where it was at, man. We must have been year nine, year ten at school. Yeah, probably. Every night after school, yeah. the whole clan playing Call of Duty World at War. Yeah, like we, like that. That was probably one of the last ones I sunk a lot of time into. Maybe like Modern Warfare, like Modern Warfare Two, maybe. Like that and Black Ops, World at War and Black Ops. Yeah, for me were the two best. I'd say. But like, there's something. You've got something about the World War Two feel, haven't you? I just like, love World War Two games, like with modern warfare game, modern just ge- modern general shooting games. I can't be bothered with it. It's too many weapons. Like you know, it's just always bland sort of desert environments. I think there's something so special about the World War Two setting. A different. There's a lot of nighttime maps, isn't there? And yeah, I think I think what I kind of like about it is like I, re- I re- we played. I think COD. Th- I remember I played COD two. Mm-hmm. COD three is the first time we really played multiplayer online ever. Yeah, and like. Then going to like modern and then going back to World at War, there was something there was something about going back to it and like I still liked it because there was still like tanks and stuff on the maps, which I yeah. like for some reason I really like because I I liked the, the like, vehicles in COD, uh, World. I, like, I, th- I thought they were good. Like I've, I I I more remember the COD three tanks and stuff. But, but again, that was another fantastic game, really, wasn't it? But yeah, I mean, it's I've got I've got that. memory of some some maps that we played where I I just like wrecked in a tank on like World at War. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like twenty five something. I've got a clear image of like the map. I couldn't remember the map's name for the life of me, but I remember that match. And like I think it's that sort of. There's a big massive Nazi structures and buildings. I think so. Yeah. There's like a little town. As well. Like, yeah. I think it's quite hard to be like, for a game to like, for a multiplayer game to literally like have a map one match that sticks in your memory. Yeah. That it's got to be pretty fucking good to do that for a particular match. Like. I don't really have that with much of like Battlefield, like Battlefield Three. I mean, there's some stuff there, but World at War was really fucking good. Like, yeah, like releasing the dogs. Yeah, like the kill streaks were, were fun, weren't they? Yeah, easy to get like seven kills. It wasn't over the top, like, no. like COD. I don't know which COD it was. In the interest in nuke, it was like get twenty or twenty five yeah, kills and you're in nuke and it just ends the map. Yeah, a map match, match, yeah. match. It's like it just it was just too much. Whereas there was something nice about just picking up a Thompson or an M1 Garand, like or an MP4. Yeah. yeah, just the simplicity of it. And like, yeah. how, how, like how nice the weapons look as opposed to like Definitely. like pink camo AKs of an ACOG style. It's yeah. just like no. This is the, before the day everyone was doing like quick scoping and no scoping really as well. well there wasn't any scopes to do it with. <laughs> like, yeah. There was just it was just a really really good game, wasn't it? Yeah, lovely game. 
But did you did you make any your you you made some American friends, but I don't know if that was a thrill for bloody hell. No, I think that was on COD two. COD two. COD two on the Xbox three sixty. Okay. I made an American friend on that because that was like the first. I mean, I think I played COD three more online than COD two, yeah. but I actually met a few guys on COD two. Damn, I didn't I didn't realize that was like that early. Yeah. Christ. I was like back when I was like, oh headset, talk to Yeah, people. you just yeah. talked talk, like that was the back in the time where everybody <laughs> would just talk in a lobby. Where nowadays yeah. nobody talks in a bloody no, lobby. Like, in it's, chain, yeah. it's just dead, isn't it? Um, I'm gonna go for another multiplayer one, which mm-hmm. we both know it is. Uh, it's more on the Xbox side, of course. It is it's Halo. Yeah. Like the campaigns are they're, they're they're whatever. Like they're not like everybody loves them, but they're not really stand out to me. Yeah, my dad's back. I don't know about that. He's, oh, he's probably gonna come in at some point and say something. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> but um, there's just something about the Halo multiplayer where me and you have just had some f- really really good matches on yeah. it and just like really like just fun just like like ha- like Halo itself isn't my favourite game because of like the story or anything it's just the fun of other people like if it wasn't for having a, if there was nobody else to play with it wouldn't be very good to me no. it's just the fact that we've had some like we've like this is another game where we've probably played it most of the night yeah. and just had some really fucking good times it's on really it. Fun. It, you've smashed some controllers playing that game Probably. Fuck knows. I've broke so many now. It's become immune to it. Yeah, like... <laughs> but I, I can't even like really discuss it that much. It's just something about that Halo Online. Is we're talking Halo 3 or we're talking Halo Reach? Because I think they're the two that, that stick out the most. I don't know. Eat both. Because like, our main thing was like, I'll drive the Warthog, you shoot the Warthog. Exactly. And, like, we had some great cooks. Just like that. It's just like the sheer fun of like... That and like the panic of when you're getting chased and you're about yeah. to explode and like there's nothing more fun than when you you're on the back of a warthog you're driving and then another warthog turns up yeah. and like, oh shit it's like you know it's a fight it's going on there and like it. Oh, yes. and like the pressure of like you not being able to hit something then like me hitting something and flipping the warthog like yeah. there's just something so fun about that it just creates a, such a good like dynamic of gameplay because yeah. like, the maps in Halo are generally really well designed yeah apart from all the fucking user created ones that they seem oh to the the forge maps yeah yeah, yeah trash really didn't they but like the actual ones they design are really really good yeah some great maps. so I've always like really enjoyed Halo I mean we tried did we try Halo 5 online I don't think I did I think I played the beta for it if I remember but I've not even loaded Halo 5 I've got the disc never put it in yeah I think we discussed <laughs> it at some point but whatever like we just had some really good times haven't we I know we played some Halo 4 online in the war yeah so there was that exploding like gas cannon wasn't there that we kept we were playing yeah, yeah. it was like just... a one shit one hit kill yeah, we just we just wreck with some of that, wouldn't we? Yeah, we got some massive kill streaks on that bad boy. Let's just charge it, boom, and blows up. Yeah, oh, so fun. I think like so we I played a lot with Jordan as well, didn't we? We did in Reach. Yeah, that was a good call. There was a couple of people that came into Reach. Like we were we were always on, but then there were just other random people from school would just play with like because they're just on. You party up and chat. I can't remember the name of the game mode, but it's where it's like headshots only. Scout, SWAT, 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 yeah. SWAT. That was my favourite. Well, yeah, because it was, I was like, pretty shite at like just the d- general sponging of, of Halo. Yeah, because well, it's because it's b- bullshit, isn't it? Like, so there's something special about just getting headshots because you could just easily rack up some kills. It's because like, like sort of strafing and jumping and ducking. It, it made it a bit more like interesting because like in Halo, it's like you could be shooting them for like, like clips and clips and yeah, clips, and it's like magazine, and then you have still have to finish them off with a melee. Yeah, so the clips to stick first wins. Yeah, so it's really like that's not like great or like. Even like Halo, the satisfaction of like sniper rifles and stuff, I really, I find yeah. them quite satisfying. Like I, I like to play snipers in games, but never bloody do. Cause I'm just not very good at it. But I think like they're probably the main favourites of us, aren't they? Like I think I just want to say Enchired as well. For yeah. The last pick. Yeah, I'd, that's fair enough. Like which one? I don't know. Probably 
I mean, four is probably the best story for us, wouldn't it? You know, for all well, I think four is the best story and probably best like mechanics and gameplay, like how yeah. fluid it is, like with the rope swings and the hiding in the bushes. But mm. but two for online, we had some great. Two, two is by far we had some great matches of that, didn't we? A lot of these games like stand out because of the online, don't they? Yeah, definitely for me. But it's something fun about playing with your friends. But yeah, is is there like one you prefer to four though? Like because like like two. If, in terms of story, it's between one and four. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know if like two or three might stand out at all. No, I think I really like the first one, and I really like the last one. Yeah, I think it's very stereotypical though. It's like there's some really nice stand out moments. You go like, oh, the train scene in two. Yeah, and the plane scene in three. Yeah, like they're just like you're like, God, they're so good. Oh yeah, they they were they're so they were so scripted. Of course, they were gonna be good. Like it's hard. It was hard for them to be bad. Yeah. But it's God's just a great series overall. Yeah, I think like if you've never played, I've only got my platinum in Uncharted Four. Yeah, have you you played? Have you played Dead? Is that the first Uncharted yeah, you played? Yeah, the first three just because they're too bloody hard. But well, the thing is, they made four really easy to play, didn't they? Because you could just like turn on cheats for four as crushing mode. Exactly. Like, you put like a you get like that Magnum, don't you? And then yeah, like, one hit kill. Put Magnum with like slow down time. Slow down time and like lock on to enemies, and you can just like wreck. Exactly. Like, which is like a really odd thing to do. Like just allow cheats to like whatever go get it. I think it was more main aimed at people with like disabilities or handicaps to. to to assist them so they can play the game yeah. and enjoy it. Of course, we just exploit that and yeah. fucking destroy on the hardest mode. Why not? Why not? <laughs> but I think, like, like, honor, like honourable mentions, um, something that's cropped up in, like, the past generation that I I like I absolutely love now is, the, like, the Souls and Bloodborne games. Like, mm. I never thought I'd like them. I remember, like, seeing it when it first came out and I liked, like, the whole night look. Yeah. Never, never bothered to play it because it was, like, prepare to die and I was like, yeah, fuck that. I think I think Demon Souls was like a free game on like PS Plus one month. Did you ever try it? Uh, I tried it. I got um, like I got into the loading area. We got into a boss and it wrecked me. And I just totally my I just didn't understand it in my head. I was like, this is yeah. just bullshit. Like, I walked through a door. You could go back and play it now, though. Oh, absolutely. But the problem is, like, you could go back and you could play it. And you could do it because the way I played the Souls games is like, I wait until I find somewhere I can exploit Souls so I can level up, then just rank myself up so I can survive that's the areas. Yeah, that's what I'd have to do. I think. That, that, that's all I do I know some people don't do that because they like the challenge but I'm like yeah fuck that like I'd sooner go in somewhere and actually stand a chance yeah. than just, just get my head bashed into a wall repeatedly yeah. but like the, I, I never thought I'd like them and then like because I never played like Demon Souls Dark Souls Dark Souls 2 I went to Bloodborne for some reason I think it's because it was a Playstation exclusive I liked the look of it and it was getting good reviews and I was like fuck it I'll give it a shot really enjoyed that then did Dark Souls 3 there's only one box in Dark Souls 3 that I've not beat I platted Bloodborne so like there's some there's something about those games that's right, weirdly addictive. I don't understand why. Mm. Is there any, like is there any more honorable, like, honorable mention? I'd probably say like, the Batman Arkham games. There, yeah. I know you've not played them, but those... there's something about that gritty dark Gotham environment. I really do want to get stuck into. Yeah, they're so. Like, I'm gonna get the collection when that comes. Yeah, up. Yeah, that's out this month, I think. Yeah, not long. I'll probably won't get it launch day, but I'm, I will go get around to get. Yeah, them. like those those are just wicked. Um, I think those are the main two like, honorable mentions. Like I'd say the Zelda games, probably Fallout games. Yeah, I've no, I, I don't know. Like, I I really enjoy Fallout, but I wouldn't take on my favorites. No. Like four, like four was alright, but I got a bit bored of four by the end. The engines yeah. just tried. <laughs> Fallout 3 was probably the best yeah Fallout 3 was much better I, I did give Fallout 3 a lot more time I've never played a Zelda game shockingly I've got my 3DS I need to get some Zelda on it you did start it. Karina I did it's yeah. just, it, again it's an old game so it's quite hard to get into same with Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 7 
Yeah, yeah. Is it like is, is apart from like Zelda and Fallout? Is there any honorable mentions that you've got? Like, um, I was thinking maybe like Mario Kart. I've got great experiences on Mario Kart, especially the Wii version. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna say the shit out of that on the Wii, like online. Oh, so much good times. Yeah, I've never owned like, a Nintendo, but Mario, I, again, I lied in on the, on the original 3DS, but I never really spent that much time into it, even multiplayer. But I have had some great times. Like my brother's got a Wii U, and whenever we're around, play some Mario Kart. It's always a laugh. Like, I'm surprised no racing games apart from Mario Kart just said, but. No, I've I've recently like this, just this year. Oh, this is why I can't put it in like my favorite game. But like Forza Horizons, they've like nailed like open world racing. It's mm. so fun. Like there's always something to do if you don't want to race. There's like bucket list events. Like go get in, like a vehicle that you don't own and just like uh, get some skill points, do a jump, get a speed trap. Like that's they're always fun. Like there's always something to do in those games. Yeah, I'm sure there's a ton that we're we're forgetting. But... Yeah, I'm sure. But like like I think if you can notably remember them. They're probably up there, aren't they? Yeah. Like, so uh, this is why I couldn't really nail down like a top seven, but I could just sit. Maybe Star Wars Battlefront one or two. I've got some great fun memories of that on the uh, PS2. Bloody fly in the room, fucking. With <laughs> <laughs> that, we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just far. Oh, I just can't even get out now. Kind of stupid thing. Um, yeah, I, I again, I I don't remember that like playing it that much, but I remember like having a lot of like good feelings towards it I don't know if I don't I think my brother had it I don't remember playing it that's the problem Yeah. whereas like this new Battlefront is great but it's lacking something isn't it Yeah. It's just, I need to try the new DLC yeah, like the thing about it is it's very fun just to go into it and be like shit this looks good mm. this this like environment just looks really really good like, there's something about that yeah definitely but no should we wrap it up there yeah right cool Um, thanks for listening uh, we'll probably do something more newsy next time I think we should do a VR one. Yeah, shit. In two weeks, we'll have VR. Fuck. Yeah. Exciting, isn't it? Yeah, shit. So, next podcast, we can discuss VR. Yeah. Fuck, I didn't realise that. So, yeah, <laughs> next podcast, we'll talk about our VR experiences because we're both getting one on launch. Yeah. So, God knows, we might have different games. I don't know. I think I'll, I think I'll get Drive Club. Yeah. And I think I'll probably get that VR Worlds. Yeah. That was one more I was considering. Or maybe the Super Stardust because that's only like 14 quid. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at getting Super Stardust. Drive Club, obviously, bullshit about that fucking season pass, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. Well, I'm not even going to discuss that. Don't, that 10 quid ain't bad for what you get in that game. No. So it's not like a... I want the f- physical copy anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Nice case, nice case. Um, I want Batman. Yeah. Definitely. Obviously, get Worlds, just because it's got a bunch of shit in there. I mean, the Eve Valkyrie looks cool. There's a demo for that, so I'll play that and maybe get that. I don't know. I'm just going to play it by what I think feels good. Oh, Robinson of the Journey, just because it's fucking Is that dark. launch game, though? Cause I can't yeah, see yeah, it is launch. It is launch. I don't, the thing is, it's so nobody knows like what's going to be on like physical, what's going to be downloadable. Yeah, it's two weeks away, and it doesn't seem like... like I can't you, even pre-order Drive Club. Like, the yeah, fuck? you can pre-order like, Batman in store, but is that going to get you a physical copy? Because it's only like 16 quid. Is it going to be just like pre-order it in store, get a download code? Because I don't yeah. really want to do that. I'd rather just go up by... Rather than buy a code, I'd rather just buy it on PSN, just download it, like, rather yeah. than get a code and put the code in. Like, fuck that. <laughs> So there's like it's really you get game points. Oh, I do get a game point. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so next time we'll discuss VR and uh, potentially any news that goes on. I don't really think there's anything been like that outstanding in terms of news apart from Palmer Lucky supporting Donald Trump, but he's just a mess and doesn't deserve our time. <laughs> so yeah, we'll wrap up there. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.